This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to Hafta where we discuss what made the news, what didn't, what should have and stuff like that. We have a guest joining us from Bombay today, Supriya Nair. Let me first introduce our guest. Supriya is a journalist based in Mumbai. She currently writes a sports column for the Mumbai Mirror. Wow. So are you interested in cricket at all, Supriya? Uh not anymore. Oh, you were? I mean it's it's reading too hard. <laughs> okay. But is is cricket a sport or a game? Oh, that's a good question. It is definitely a sport. Okay. What do you think the difference is between a sport and a game? No, if I start telling you all the listeners will start abusing me because they say I really nichodo this. Neither a sport you or a game. You go too hard on this. I I I uh, Right, it's both. I nichodo this mudda too much. No, I don't agree. But maybe we'll talk a bit about this because World Cup is around. It's neither a sport or a game. It's war. It's war. Madhu says it's neither a sport or a game. It's war. All right. Okay. So yeah, well, we know a lot of people who'd agree with you this week, Madhu. That's for sure. Then, so you also write for Mint, Scroll. You've been published in New York Times, The Atlantic, Vogue, and Wisden. She's held the position of associate editor at The Caravan and has been the national editor at Brown Paper Bag. a marketing and advertising website and she's an alumni of University of Mumbai she also edited the caravan's book of profiles that explores personalities of 13 of the most prominent people in the global political scene so uh, before manisha gives us the menu of all that we will discuss not all but what made the news i have a very important announcement the media rumble is back in august 2019 on the 2nd and 3rd of august at india habitat center is going to be bigger than last year which was bigger than the year before that those who attended the media rumble would remember we had some spectacular sessions so this time we have some highlight speakers we have gulzar we have arun puri we have swara bhaskar milind khandekar vivian shiller who has formerly headed the npr and also uh, civil media we have prakash raj coming we have shekhar gupta Entry is of course free for subscribers because when you pay to keep news free you get some added benefits like you get to attend these events without having to buy a ticket the rest will have to go and subscribe uh, to register uh, the registration link will be b- below this but otherwise you can just go to the media rumble on our website and you can buy tickets there so on that note uh, in case you have any issues not being able to sub- uh, buy tickets you can just email us at contact@newslawney.com And uh, what do we have as far as the news is concerned Manisha I've been traveling so I have not mm. been so much in touch but yes. I will start with an anecdote you after she's given Morocco, the menu yeah. having fun as always I was having fun in Morocco <laughs> I went on work meri aukat nahi hai Morocco ka ticket khareedne ki mujhe koi wahan conference ho rahi thi Casablanca Mufat ko rio apni aukat kahan ki Morocco ki ticket khareedunga koi bolta hai aake bol de maine ka gyan pehel dunga mujhe ticket de do de dete main kaha jata hu So in case any of you want me to pay Logan just give me a ticket I'll come You were on a panel with Shazia Elmi I noticed Yes I was on a panel with Shazia Elmi <laughs> and we were very civil to each other because Tan Tanjir mein civil hona padta hai So tell me Manisha what what happened in India So um, not a great week for journalists in UP three journalists were arrested uh, by UP police Prashant Kanojia Anuj Shukla and Ishika Singh the arrest came because uh, Prashant at least what he did was he tweeted a video of a lady who claimed to be having an affair with Yogi Adityanath she seemed a bit not well he tweeted that video and the police came uh, to their to his house Prashant's house in civils they didn't give him an arrest warrant and they arrested him there was a protest against this uh, the supreme court called the arrests completely arbitrary they said you may not like the tweet but you cannot arrest him for it he was released meanwhile rahul gandhi called adityanath uh, said adityanath was behaving foolishly for this 
BJP called him a hypocrite, rightly so, because in Karnataka, he's, his government is in coalition with JDS, mm. which has also gone after journalists in Karnataka. Another terrible video came out from UP where a journalist was thrashed by railway cops and he said uh, that uh, uh, when the cops took him to the police, the entire station beat him up and they also urinated in his mouth. He wants action. He wants all of them suspended. For now, only the um, one of the cops has been suspended in this case. But this, this video was doing the rounds all over. Yeah. It was very, very disturbing. Katwa verdict came out this week. Six were found guilty of gang rape murder of an eight-year-old child. Um, the seventh one, who was the main accuser's son, was let go. And there's the eighth one, they're still, uh, they're still determining whether he'll be tried as a juvenile or not. Hmm. The girl's family said that they wanted death penalty for the culprits. And they will be appealing. I think they will be appealing to the higher court. And did the, the, convicts. the ecosystem, which is always apologetic for any... Hindu and says only the Muslims are responsible. You know, that whole shit of just yeah. even children who yes, are raped and murdered. Yes, this was particularly a, a terrible week because uh, before the Katwa verdict, we've had another crime, a very ghastly crime in Aligarh, where our reporter Ayush Tiwari went. A two-and-a-half-year-old two girl child was brutalized and murdered and the two accused in the case were Muslim. So, uh, there was a lot of clamor that in the case mein you were holding placards, why aren't you? Maybe we can discuss that in detail. That was kind sure. of... But yeah, there was a lot of Katwa Aligarh comparison across news channels. and uh, So, basically, we really hit rock bottom yeah, on basic using, humanity. Yeah, we are yeah, yeah, fucked. Yeah. Sorry, Madhu, for <laughs> use of that language. Hmm. And well, people like Madhu Kishwara are still calling the verdict flawed. And uh, Sudhir Chaudhary said that it's because of Z News that the, <laughs> that hmm. the verdict came. Uh, there's... A doctor strike in West Bengal. More than 70 doctors across West Bengal hand in resignations as strikes continue for the fourth day. And they are basically, they want better security because doctors are getting thrashed by relatives and stuff who are dissatisfied with that. So they, they ask for security, am I right? Is that what yeah. hmm. the Bengal doctors ask yeah. for? And she is issued an ultimatum in four hours, you join or not? It has become a nationwide strike you know, now. She's a bit, a bit much, Mamta. No, you know, but this violence against doctors is happening across the country yeah. Yeah. particularly in smaller towns um, a hospital in Delhi which used to be called Willingdon Hospital is now called Ram Manohar Lohia Hospital. Hospital there the doctors have a, a planned exit from the back that in if case, violent yeah. families or patients come there's a gali se nikal ke bhag jao right. because this is a regular occurrence mm. and there's a lot of footage on uh, YouTube of doctors being thrashed really, really badly. So, ha so haven't anyone like Jaggi and all said, so what this happens all over the country, why is, why is Mamta being picked on? They haven't said that, the usual uh, Hindu nutters? It has become a nationwide... <laughs> no, I'm just surprised. <laughs> since, since everything is always happening, so what's the big deal, you know? Mm. So, so anyway, huh, carry on. No, and... Um, water scarcity. Water scarcity in India. This is it. Yeah, annual theme in India yeah. there's, water, there's water scarcity water scarcity and floods in Mumbai tearing mm. and Chennai there's supposed to be a really at least in Maharashtra the situation seems very dire mm. meanwhile the uh, union minister has said it's just media hype Gajendra Singh which I don't think at all because none of the media is talking about it I've only seen shows in India today Mira Now and NDTV who are talking about it so I don't know what he means by media hype uh, Grish Karnad passed away, an actor, a playwright, really a renaissance man and one of my favourite playwrights. Really? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, you can't go to a play done, written by him and not be changed. Really? I saw Tughlaq last Spectacular Sunday. playwright. I mean, I didn't I've know read all his plays. Happen, and but I saw yeah. Tughlaq last hmm. Sunday. Because he used tradition, but he dealt with modernity. Okay. 
and also i mean i've read his plays in english and it just doesn't seem like a translation it just seems so indian i mean the language is so beautiful it just doesn't feel awkward that these ancient people are talking in english like it's very then then a and 32 aircraft that had gone missing the wreckage has been found and apparently there are no survivors i yeah. saw people on twitter saying how come there has been no tweet or statement about these people by either the home minister or the defense minister or the defense minister i think it reacted or the prime minister i said now that elections are over yeah uh, we also then, had a terrible report by z where they claimed that aliens have abducted this plane <laughs> You missed that. You weren't but here. But why is that terrible? I know that's an excellent <laughs> report. Come on, Z man. They, Come they, on, what are you doing? Aliens. Because of them, we may also find what aliens. Is wrong and the reporters just say, "Aise to gaib nahi hota plane." So, no. no. aliens to nahi. I mean, that's the only aliens conclusion. Aliens abandoned after thirteen days. <laughs> uh, and Arvind Subramanian's column, which says that there is completely a GDP figures all warped, right, from not just NDA but even the UPA time, uh, which is unsurprising in my view. Then Mamta Banerjee, when she's not fighting with. doctors in a state she unveiled the vidya sagar statue in kolkata's college last month after the vandalism and 12 tax officials are to retire amid allegation of corruption i don't know why they made to retire and you I know, know why don't they go to jail exit and one of these people is the one who we had interviewed who is in my view mentally unsound i don't think he should be retired because <laughs> of corruption him. you yeah. did that interview ashok shrivastava not did she interview him he called me up and said why didn't i interview him how dare someone I said other than junior me? send a junior i said mm-hmm. she knows more than me because she started agreeing with and i said she's smarter than i am so i don't know what beyond the point i just couldn't argue with him he's off yeah. in the head so i think beyond the sh- point there should be no point he should have been retired on on medical grounds that he's yeah. insane i just like i think madhu kishwar is you know and i'm not saying this in jest i think it is some, there's something deeply worrying about a society where mentally unsound people like general bakshi that guy who's sitting in a car who speaks for the congress mm, what's oh my his god name? amit varmaya His name is Amit Verma. Isn't Amit Verma the columnist? Nishant. Nishant Verma. Nishant Verma. Oh, Amit Verma is a very honourable no. person who has been on board. Nishant. Nishant Verma. Nishant Verma. Nishant Verma. Madhu Kishor. These people sit on panels and are opinion makers. And Madhu Kishor comes on election days as a political and analyst. I can guarantee you, she is mentally unsound. <laughs> I have interviewed her as you have Madhu when she got up, did a twirl, and sat down again. <laughs> That was such fun. Twice. She. I am going. I am going. And she wrapped the she wrapped the mic. cable round her twice by doing circul uh, how do you call it circulating her cell the wire on herself Orbiting. and then sat down again <laughs> and then uh, there was the news channel crew was shot at by men on a motorcycle in delhi yeah so more good news for journalists and the enforcement directorate has filed money laundering case against raghav behel the founder of quint uh, and he is being hounded for doing the wrong is what he says he's paid his taxes the case is that he bought a property in the uk and legally an individual an indian citizen can invest up to 2 and a half lakh us dollars overseas the value of the property is less than that and between him and his wife they can easily transfer that much money so i personally don't know what the big deal about this case is to me it does seem like hounding but there are other cases that are on him that may be on solid ground On that note, Supriya, you've been listening to us for too long. So first, we shall get I a know, little bit about our guest, and then I shall tell you about my anecdote. Supriya, oh, I thought the anecdote was going to go first, but even before I tell you about myself, uh, I want to play spoil spot here and say I don't necessarily think we need to couple mental illness with the kind of behavior that we see from people like Madhukeshwar who go on TV panels. Mm-hmm. You know, I have spent uh, the last several years keeping a grip on my own. mental well-being hmm. by completely avoiding news tv 
Um, but I had to watch some of it in the run-up to uh, the election results because of something I was working on. And I realized that, I mean, this is really like they enable this kind of behavior, right? So if you and I or any of us here were people who habitually had to go on the 9 p.m. news, um, this sort of behavior would be encouraged right. and lauded and it would become normal for yeah, perhaps even... That's a point. You and I, which mm. is, which is, which is why people like us don't don't go on news panels. I imagine that's a good this point. This is true. No, I mean, language. It's a good point. They want you to there's become. There's a new. There's a Twitter language, uh, panel language, which is forging a completely different culture, which is quite despicable. We have yeah. to fight again. I mean, I want to fight against it. Well, no, but, you but guys just, might want to join just it. One Who thing. Knows? Sorry, I didn't understand what Supriya said. We, sh- you said, mental health being unsound should not be. Coupled with being on panel, sorry, I didn't get that. Could you come again? So, I mean, so it sounded like you were saying like what people like Madhukeshwar need is mental help yeah, uh, rather than encouragement. And that may well be the case, but I think we can separate the two, especially for the sake of lots of people who may be struggling with mental illness, but kind of go through life without, you know, ruining it for the rest of us the way... <laughs> the way women like Madhukishwar do. I mean, uh, you know, Manisha hasn't scratched the surface of what she said about the Katwa verdict. Mm. Um, and a big part of the noise she was making was clearly because she claims to have written a book about uh, about the truth about Katwa, mm. in which she says that all the men uh, who have been convicted are in fact innocent and that there's a giant conspiracy against them. Um, so, I mean, I'm guessing she's hoping that this kind of loudmouth behavior sells books. Yeah, no, no, not just sells books. I think it gets you on panels, which is fairly lucrative. I think you can be paid anything from 3,000 to 8,000 rupees per appearance, uh, sometimes even more in the good old days. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, 5,000. Sorry? 5,000. 5, 5,000, yeah. So, oh, it goes uh, up to 810, I'm sure. Yeah, it goes up to 810. In or fact, 12. I did the piece on it. Uh, in the good old days, uh, Shobadi used to be paid 20,000 per appearance on a panel. Well, I would pay Shobadi twenty thousand for an appearance. She's exquisite, but uh, <laughs> who gets who gets eight k uh, on a on a TV panel, guys? What's like? Well, what's it, the my yoga teacher makes fifty thousand. Like 50, the, the louder you shout, the more money no, you no. get. No, no. Well, I don't know. They have various categories. It also, depends on what show you're on. But if you're on the regular panel every night, it's a different yeah. rate. If you're on their weekend shows, like a big fight or whatever I don't think right, NBTV right. can afford to pay anyone anymore but back then it also depended on the show so uh, we'll start with the unsafe journalists and stuff the you know the thing that I the anecdote I want to tell you is how we live inside our own heads that's true for everybody and not really in the world around us now because of this conference that I'd gone for they you know it started off at like 9.30 10 in the morning and you were up till 9.30 10 at night and me being 8 other day sleeper you don't have time for much else so I had very limited news reading or anything I was doing so I, you know, like there was like two days, which is very rare for me that I don't see the news at all. And you actually start getting withdrawal symptoms, like I guess a smoker does, like what the hell has happened? You think Padani Desh, has it gone into a sinkhole? Does India still exist? Because I haven't read, you know, who's bashing who. So it so happened that on the flight back, Manisha, I, uh, the guy sitting next to me is a young engineer from our hometown, Dehradun. Oh. So he was, nice. he's from Germany. He is testing the 5G. He's... Uh, for Vodafone, he works and he tests the 5G architecture on other different instruments and how it's working. In phone. I mean, I don't know too much about the telecom space technical aspects, but he says basically I test the 5G network on instruments and I do that for Vodafone and if it work on all instruments. So he was telling about Huawei, that Trump is coming to Germany next week and basically the whole thing is that Germany is going to try to convince him that take Huawei off the blacklist. I said, yeah, that, that trade was really getting a bit much. He says, yeah, you know, because Huawei is um, basically, he said, I don't know if this number is accurate, but more than half the countries that are enabling 5G, 
the architecture is being given to Huawei to make, to create the whole architecture. They've been commissioned. They've won all those contracts. And the US telecom giants are miles behind on this. So Huawei just taken it over and basically Trump is doing this so that the US can catch up and they can get a few contracts. I said, oh, is that why they had arrested his daughter? He said, whose daughter? I said, you know, the Huawei chairman's daughter was arrested. Her name is Meng Wanzhou. And you remember, this was the biggest story for a while. All of us remember yes. those of who... And I remember, as I listened to the Time podcast, I listened to the NPR Planet Money podcast, I watched Indian news. It was a top headline in pretty much every... The Atlantic, Slate. This guy who works in telecom and knows the details about why the US... Come, he did not know that she had been arrested. He did not know who she was. So I realized... And, you know, I realized that most people are just involved in what they do. So I did not know about this Huawei building the 5G architecture for most countries. But I knew that the daughter was arrested. He knew that and did not know this was just the biggest headline. So that made me realize that if you don't really read the paper, your world doesn't fucking change. Yeah. Hmm. You know, your life will be the same. You'll just feel a little better. <laughs> because true. So anyway, so that that's was true. When regular people don't, like you said, yeah, it's true. Yeah, most that. people, I mean, don't, people who aren't reading the news every day, they, they don't care or know or give a shit about, you know, which journalist was slapped, which, you know, minister said that I will garland rapists. I mean, they don't but give a shit. this guy must have been off the news for a long time because Huawei's daughter's news was international news covered by almost every news organization. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Maybe people don't read the news. They just read people the news don't. of their interests. Yeah, people read. And the big thing is now with so many people consuming news on Facebook and Twitter, you only see, like your yeah. algorithms are only giving Correct. you stuff that you want or that you're interested in. So, even the newspaper or what reports your friends are sharing. get more so, uh, more uh, so yeah, so eyeballs on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so let's start with the rest of journalists. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, let's also not forget that for many people, and you know, I'm using sort of my own family WhatsApp group as a kind of uh, as a kind of touchstone over here. The the news that a journalist has been arrested need not necessarily induce the kind of yeah. shock or even discomfort hmm. that any of us would feel because uh, I mean I've either the benign way of looking at it is that for many people they feel like oh this is part of the risk the journalists take you know they like they talk shit or they like they talk smack and then they get like smacked down for it. So they think of us as being in perpetual battle with the powers that be. And because of that kind of anything that happens to us is okay. Hmm. Um, the second layer of it, of course, is that we live in a world of where propaganda is knitting itself together so, so well that uh, there are enough people now to say that, you know, okay, I mean, you made fun of a chief minister. Well, maybe you shouldn't have. And maybe you deserve to be, to be, to be locked up because you did that. Um, I, yeah, I think it's, in fact, I have an email associated with this. Uh, maybe I'll come to that, but let's discuss this in a little more detail. Uh, but before we wind up this, I do want to, sorry guys who keep trashing me, but I have a sports writer here with me. In fact, I should discuss the whole gender. We're doing that report. By the way, the Media Rumble, we're going to be unveiling a report never before done in India at the scale that it has. Manisha did a very smaller version of this for which she won the Ladley Award a couple of years ago. Mm. Where we're looking at the front page, the newsrooms, the panels uh, for six months across the top seven Hindi and English uh, newspapers, websites and uh, television channels uh, of how much space men get, how much space women get. Mm. And um, so that should be interesting. In fact, I was just seeing some of the earlier numbers when it had started. I think there are very few women sports writers. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, at least on the pages, we saw very little representation of women's sports uh, uh, yeah, writers. Yeah, that goes, uh, that is absolutely right. And even the women's sports writers, we do have. One of the things I think um, that is true is that in many broadsheets, like the reporters below the sports editor level are often women. And uh, some of them are, you know, some of the best reporters out there. The Indian Express has has great writers. Shivani um, is Yes, of course, uh, immediately comes to mind. And, uh, you know, ESPN has Sharda Ugra, the great Sharda Ugra, yes, whose profile of Jaspreet Bumrah everyone should read if they haven't read it yet. But we get caught up in the centrifuge of, uh, you know, what commands our attention every every day or every week, right? And that more often than not tends to be about men's sports, even though space is slowly expanding for women's sports and especially for women's cricket. And I think one of the things that happened... Um, and for me, I would date it to to the Olympics where Sindhu won a medal. Hmm. Um, Sindhu and, Deep- and uh, Deepika won medals, which is that I think many more people are now seeing women's sports stories as human interest stories, which may, you know, you, we can quibble about, uh, about how good or bad that is. But I think that in itself is allowing for more space for these stories to be told. I read a very uh, interesting piece on the uh, former... Balloon Dior, I think that's how you pronounce it, for the women that they started. The Norwegian mm-hmm. striker, she won it uh, last year, maybe year before last. And she's not playing the Women's World Cup. Mm-hmm. And she's basically retired from football. And she said, she had protested that there was basically the Norwegian a club or the team was 7,000 euros short of having to go for a tournament. She was like, this is ridiculous. And uh, her country's federation for football did not do enough to help the women's team. And they had a fantastic women's team, apparently. And the article said that, imagine if Messi, who's the best player in the men's category, decided to retire because the, the, federation, the... the federation was not backing their football, the kind of repercussions it caused. Whereas in her case, it's just... Uh, but yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. And the Scandinavian countries are much better at, uh, at organizing women's sports than uh, many other parts of the world. Um, you know, I mean, there was a time when arguably the very best footballer in the world like what maybe less than 15 years ago was a woman it was marta of brazil um and you know i mean you, she's just someone who who's had to struggle and eventually you know had her career peter out because uh, finding support in brazil a, a football mad country sure. um was so difficult for her and I, no uh, are you saying the, the finest you know, footballer in the world just full of stories like this you're saying that she was the finest footballer in the world like across genders I mean, yeah, arguably, you know, okay, obviously that you I can, would, you, yeah, yeah, you can quibble about that, kind no, of I, I think that is not football, but watching Marta at her, at her peak and she played for a Norwegian club along with the uh, Brazilian national team, watching Marta gave you the, the same frisson that you get when you watch, uh, you know, Messi or, uh, well, I guess for people who like Cristiano Ronaldo, then Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, uh, yeah, she was really special. I uh, sorry, I'm going on about sport, and the rest of our panel is not come in. But last, last little pushback to Supriya. I, I I've discussed this in the hafta earlier, and I completely get. It. I think there are certain things that we have to accept when we subscribe to the markets, and I'm not saying we have to accept without saying that it's wrong. But I think it is too obvious to th- think it would be otherwise. Now there are certain things like tennis or badminton where the women's game and the men's game just as a spectator sport is at par when you see you know and and not just recently even in the past when you see a women's grand slam final or even just the matches or even you see sindhu playing it's as good as watching any men play 
So there should okay. definitely be parity. I completely understand that, and there is, in one sense, as far as broadcast rights are concerned, the number of tickets that are sold. You know, I've watched a U.S. Open live in in New York, and it was packed. It was difficult to get tickets. But there are certain sports where, as a spectator sport, I it's just not comparable. So to expect people to watch, for example, women's cricket, and I've seen some women's cricket. It's if one says that the market is what determines size or scale. I don't see how there can be an expectation that the kind of tickets that are sold, the broadcast rights, the value of the broadcast rights, for certain sports, which the difference in standard now WNBA is you know coming up quick and fast in the US, but that's a recent phenomena because when you see the NBA, in fact, the final I know whether you watched yeah. it this morning where right. Kawhi just took you know Golden State to the cleaners, right? That level, it's. It's not even comparable if you watch the men's game and the women's game. Um. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to distort sort of the you know the flow of the podcast by going into this because as you rightly pointed out before you started, this is something that we can end up talking about for for a long time. The distinction that you're making is essentially between one on one sport as one on one combat versus team sports, right? And uh, no, I agree just with, there are no, there, that is that is that is essentially how it plays out. No, there are certain uh, you know, women's team sports which are also very interesting to watch. Such, such as handball. If you see women's handball, I love hockey. That women's hockey is great as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean that's. But there are certain sports which are just not comparable when you see it, when you watch them. Right, and your uh, argument is that if uh, if we're governed by market logic, there's like there's just no need for us to. No, no, I, I mean, think what's the point you're making? I'm saying that, it's that, it's it's that so it's not fair to expect the same kind of attention, or yeah, I think it's too obvious that the, the, it will not get the same kind of attention. Well, my feeling about this, since we are speaking purely about the logic of the market and not going into the breakdown of, you know, uh, sort of, of how biology or culture dictates which sport looks more beautiful to an audience's eyes than, you know, than its other gender counterpart. Um, all I can say is that, you know, women's cricket or women's football or um, women's any other sport is literally just waiting for an impresario to convince you mm-hmm. that its story is interesting enough for you to fill a stadium to go and watch it. And I think there are guys who are already on it. I think the IPL is already thinking about it, about a future uh, in which women's cricket is given uh, you know, more attention than it is right now. Um, and frankly, when change comes, it's going to come like this. And in five or 10 years time, you people who, are, people who, who hold the opinion that you currently do may well be in a minority. Yeah. So, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I guess it also depends, you know, when, like, how long have women been playing tennis and badminton versus maybe how long have women entered professional football? Like, maybe sure, no, a you're right. I mean, time has so, a lot. To, I'm sure time sure. has a lot to do I with think, it. Yeah, Manisha, I think the the other way to look at it is, I mean, women have been playing sports for as long as men have in most cases, right? Like in the 19th century, women were playing cricket on English village greens and so on. I think the, th- the difference is really in how we are trained as children and in elite sport, you know, that the gender segregation happens very early. So like a three-year-old Sachin Tendulkar may well have like, you know, knocked a ball around with like a three-year-old child, uh, you know, girl somewhere in Sahatya Seva's colony. But those two paths diverge very quickly, right? So once you start training, once you stop gender segregation for elite, elite sport training among children, I think in like, in the matter of a few years or maybe in, in a couple of generations, like you're quite likely to see differences even out even out quite sharply. Hmm. Yeah, possibly. So let me start. Now let's get to the journalism aspect. Madhu, there have been a series of attacks on journalists and journalism around the country. 
in one case in Karnataka there have been police complaints because Kumar Swami's son-in-law hmm. or son they said something about son this we discussed i think two hours ago okay yeah. so i'm just throwing that in yeah. with the this guy who was beaten up by the railway police then in up um, mr aditanath's police the, again was arrested this guy who the supreme court released uh, i was told i'm not on this editors group i don't know if you're on that whatsapp group but someone at this conference who's on this editors group was saying that on all these messages that are passed on there are many editors in fact he named jaggi saying that oh, this has been happening for so long why are we making such a big deal about this have has partisanship among journalists becomes reached such an extent that you know people have been getting arrested or i guess people have been getting murdered also for so long or raped also for so long yeah, so yeah exactly i mean Actually, are you a part of any on... such group where this is being normalized no you're touching on a, a point that has been troubling me for a long time not only on the journalist arrest on the partisanship in journalist arrest as you're mentioning but also in the partisanship of incidents that have happened like rapes any kind of violence we've seen that facts are twisted and changed around in fact we've got a story on news laundry on this hall of fame fake news hall really of good fame really good story yeah so i think this at least right now it has become legitimate to be partisan in everything everything that you look at has to be from a partisan is okay to look at it from a partisan point of view so that i think is has been a really unfortunate trend everything is colored now if you have an opinion or which are based on on facts and it just doesn't matter what the facts are your loyalties are going to decide how you how you view your facts but and you've been in this space for a long surprised. time is it is this a new occurrence or even this has been happening forever no, I mean, this is a new occurrence completely because party lines there might have been a sort of a hypocritical front in some areas but mostly there was an attempt to be objective there was a division as you know between editorial and marketing that was muddied by times of india when marketing decided what was going to be written about So, so it's no but uh, even I, during I think, those emergency days were pe- uh, were the pro congress journalists also up in arms as much as no the, in you see what people forget about the emergency is that the only people who went to jail or protested against the emergency were 0.1% of the population just among journalists i'm saying on mm. journalists as well as politicians 0.1 people percent of the population went to jail the rest of the country was carrying on with their normal lives quite happily supporting indira gandhi happy that the trains are running on time happy that the corruption was down with the bureaucrats so you know to imagine that the emergency was people a who galvanizing were yeah, galvanizing force and the whole country came down on the streets nobody came out on the streets okay it was very very minuscule and small so in the same sense and so there were the majority of the people were supporting the government overtly except as you know uh, one or two newspapers there was no television at the time but the thing is even after that the there was a clear attempt to keep yourself objective the journalists were taught that do not personalize uh, your political opinions into a story whether the journalists will go pick up facts according to their own private political beliefs but at least there were facts yeah but then you an editor will never know when an when a journalist goes and leaves out inconvenient facts and presents only the facts that that push his own political beliefs or leanings so but 
if it happened too many times to obviously editors would come down hard on journalists hmm. that this person is tainted but, and there but was a time when during uh, i think just after vp singh it I, i can't remember the actual period of under whose uh, government it started but there was a time when one started hearing that the government was trying to plant a journalist in every news organization but up to overt ho gaya ab to covert hai now it's public now it's like you know uh, so obvious hmm. but that's the bad part that ab to sharam utar gayi hai exactly sharam utar gayi i think now uh, this is one of the sabki sharam utar gayi hai whether it's on because of twitter language and uh, and obscenities and people just saying whatever they feel like which they wouldn't say to your face uh, also sharam utar gayi hai in trying to be even appear objective no i think it's also a question of what society values as premium you know now and this is a post liberalization thing monetary reward is the is the final is at top of the food chain as far as virtues are concerned and society rewards that as well like for example arnab who we make fun of in nuisance for behaving like a complete buffoon republic was tweeting something that what we considered spoof till the few months ago that watch arnab talk non stop for whatever these 70 <laughs> seconds and he was a completely idiotic sentence and it was and it showed him that was brilliant it showed him in poor light and they put it out as a viral clip viral they, watch so republic put this out themselves so clearly they are not idiots i'm sure even they see the ridiculousness of it but that no 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 you're wrong they do not see the ridiculousness no no madhu an arrogant person with hubris sees even that as great no i think it's because how do you think it went out no no but the thing is that rewards eyeballs which subscriber which which uh, sponsors reward like just like i've discussed this earlier you're crediting them with too much in intelligence okay forget mm-hmm. them okay let's mm-hmm. say they're stupid mm-hmm. subscribe people who sponsor that show like the samsung if they are sponsoring a wall that this is a samsung they're video wall numbers. they're just looking at numbers exactly mm-hmm. whereas in the us uh, you know people with breitbart they lost eight sponsors i think tucker carlson's show went off air because of his anti-semitic rants and all the that will not at the same company the same microsoft the same samsung they will withdraw advertising in the us paper for something like that but here musliman bagna pakistan or whatever muzaffarnagar they will not they say theek hai aur rates will go up our society rewards the bangi bhai don't mess with me and that is the ultimate and i think that is what won modi the election as well they reward a man who's tough it doesn't matter how you got tough or whether there's freedom of speech even dishonest tough men yeah so so toughness is reward in our culture but coming back to the journalists uh, who were arrested and the up journalist who was beaten up i really i'm very surprised if editors are saying what's the big deal because that video of the guy who was reporting on and he was basically reporting on a racket uh yeah within, can, can i yeah. just finish what i was saying so the guy who was reporting on the railways uh, he had done a previous report in which he had uh filed a report on the hafta that they collected from yeah. vendors and for that reason he was targeted and he was doing a normal straight report and that is unforgivable what happened to him however the guy who tweeted about yogi adityanath i think his tweet not to justify his arrest of course he should not have been arrested i would protest that but I think journalists demean themselves and and ruin their credibility by responding to an obviously de- deranged and delusional woman and playing a joke and writing a joke on Twitter. I think it's cheap and I think it demeans us. 
But doesn't that shift the conversation? Sorry, Madhu, Anisha, why don't you finish before no, we get into this? No, I was just exactly saying that the, the guy who's reporting on uh, the railway bracket, and you have videos of him getting beaten up very badly. Yeah? So I'm very surprised if editors or if Jagia Singh, this has happened. No, I think he was referring to the earlier one, the Yogi one, the Yogi arrest. The, yeah, I think the, this was uh, one issue where the Editors Guild also reacted. I mean, in this one, they did, yeah. This one, no, but what excuses yeah. have been happening all the time? So you, were you, why didn't you protest before? That's That would be the answer that if it's been happening all this time, then why were you quiet then? I, I Sorry, Doesn't Manisha. make it okay. Mm. No, and also everything will be noisier now. Even outrage and protest seem noisier yeah, now because there's Twitter, noisier. there's social media, there's yeah. video. That's like fine. earlier, there was no, even if journalists were getting beaten up, there was no video that was viraling. So yeah. And when you see the actual I mean, beating up, it's quite shocking. So Priya, what is your view of why this is this phenomenon? Um, it's, I mean, I think you guys have covered uh, co- covered like kind of the roots of the phenomenon. And the thing that I'm curious about, particularly because um, I heard someone talk about, uh, you know, editors, WhatsApp groups, and I, I really want to know what the conversation is about this in them, if at all. Look, this is clearly a fact of our life. Um, we've It's been happening historically. It's going to get worse. Uh, some people are suffering real-world consequences for the fact that news as it's produced and talked about online, has lost a great deal of connection with um, with the things that we traditionally think news is supposed to be about, which is facts, logic, reason, etc. What can we do to, I mean, we clearly can't do anything in the short term to stop these arrests from happening or to stop journalists from being persecuted. Is there anything concrete that we can do to to help them? So if there's if there's a free speech fund that journalists or press clubs or editors guilds can can create to ensure that the minute something like this gets to our attention, there's someone over there getting bail for the journalist to fight the case for him. Yeah, I think her. that's a, that that's a great idea. One should actually Give work towards that. Give to the family in case they're um, you know in case they've lost the in in case the journalist has been murdered. What do we do about this? Sure, um, Raman sir, you have something to come in on why this phenomena of they say ye to hota hai today by the way just to just to add today sujad bukhari's death anniversary also he was right. murdered about was, a year and, ago and, there's no and progress we still on that don't case. know who yes. killed him yeah. yes. broad daylight shot him mm. terrible videos of that yeah. and we still don't I know. think we have said everything i just put the legal perspective this was a case of defamation the first case uh, yeah. and in case of defamation is a cognizable offense and you can't make arrest it's, it's, the law says that you cannot make any arrest. The law says you can't so even why, stab why, huh, 66A. Why, why, why anybody <laughs> has to even go to the it Supreme Court arrest, to yeah. seek, uh, you know, yeah. bail? This is one. And uh, I mean, I, if you look at it legally and in other case where the uh, journalist was beaten up, uh, that was a clear case of, uh, you know, he should not only be suspended, the SO, he should in fact be arrested. Yeah, mm. there should be, a, should be, be procedures against yes. him. But okay. Also, in Kanoja's case, if you're going to arrest a guy, you're arresting him without, I mean, you're not wearing uniform, they're just plain clothes men arriving in your house. You're asking for an arrest warrant, they don't give you. So, that is also just gundagardi, yaar. you're just going and picking someone up, not yep. telling the family, and not correct telling me him. If I'm uh, not wrong, I think this guy used to stay in Delhi. Hmm. So if the UP police come into Delhi, they have to take permission. They have to take permission yeah. of exactly. the Delhi police. Of course, the, the, all that. That's is out why of the they window. came in plain clothes. Ah, that's why they came. So it's a he kidnapping. Just him up. Like, it was a okay. kidnapping. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Supriya, you were saying so something. So is it your opinion then that there's that there's nothing we can do to? I mean, as you say, all of these things are just so clearly extra legal. 
um that even the idea of you know like a it, it begins to sound uh, utopian the idea of a fund or you know no, lawyers or whatever to to help no, to help journalists that's, in need. That's been is dis- there nothing that we can do to kind of just make things better no i think one is of, of course are, the amount you write about it makes a big difference i think the fact that it was heard by the supreme court and within a day mm-hmm. this guy got Uh, was okay. was released makes a difference there are the, mechanisms press i think yeah i think the fund yeah. the the editors guild issued whatever uh-huh. statement they did i i think the fund is a very uh, interesting idea it's very difficult uh, and you know news laundry has in the past run a campaign against 66a during the upa time do you remember that and yeah. we've tried to do some things to Back get when campaign still used to work yeah exactly <laughs> so we've we've tried to get a campaign together even recently uh, for basically policy issues but it's very difficult and it's not just a reluctance because they don't like you it's very partisan all that is a problem i mean you, then you'll yeah. have to have two funds one for you know the journalists Unki from road. the right will say ki we will not be part of this kyunki usme wire hai scroll hai ye hai wo hai correct uh, but also just the sheer routine and rut and fatigue of making your shit work on a day to day basis hmm. where people have very little bandwidth to give because you know the thing i was talking about of putting together you know some sort of a policy paper that can be evolved from everybody coming together because right now there is no clear policy on digital mm. it's not like those people are disinterested but a lot of them are just damn busy yeah so there's no Correct. it's it's but uh, sorry coming back to this whole thing of you know when also you, one point that uh, one of the advantages in the uh, older like decades ago if something was tried against the the media there was a huge support from the public at large hmm. because the credibility of the pub, hmm. of the of journalism was very high and at that time if something was done against journalists or any law was attempted everybody hmm. would be out on the streets and they got huge support now hmm. because you have ministers who call us prostitutes and you have a lot of cheapness presented by by journalists a lot of fake news Uh, being floated as news a lot of partisan stuff with people just scrapping with each other journalism has been reduced to a fish market and a discredited fish market and that is the problem if there was support from the public the government wouldn't dare to do any of but these I things but i think it's got to do with again our habit of wanting heroes rather than supporting a value irrespective of whether journalism is discredited or not if you support the value of freedom of speech if that's ingrained in us in our psyche Uh, then people will push back on it which is what happens in many other parts of the world here that is not traditionally a form freedom of speech is not something that indians understand mummy ke samne mat bolo papa ko ye mat bolo badi behan ki izzat karo pair chuo sale na ghuse do uske toes mein jo bhi jhand karo matlab these are things wow, that you are very traumatized as a kid idiotic stuff and it at every level it is ingrained in us that गुरु से चैलेंज नहीं करना ये नहीं करना टीचर को हॉन्गकॉन्गलियन यहाँ तो सिर्फ कुंभ के लिए आते हैं तो लोग नो बट सॉरी द पॉइंट आई वॉज मेकिंग वॉज यू नो वाई इट्स सो पार्टिजन वाई सो मेनी एडिटर्स एंड जर्नल्स फ्रॉम द राइट आर सेइंग पहले भी तो होता था एंड आई थिंक दिस ब्रिंग्स मी बैक टू माय पॉइंट वी सी द वर्ल्ड एज वी आर यू नो आई लुक बैक एट माई फ्लोटेशन एक्टिविज्म बिटवीन द ईयर्स ऑफ टू एंड टू थाउजेंड एंड टेन यू नो आई हैव डन घेराउज ऑफ 
the PM's house, Manmohan at the time. Uh, you know, we've done protests at Jantar Mantar. I've spent a night in a lockup. And I remember, I mean, I'll take one example, but there are many others, but he's the easiest one because he's one of the most hateful, this Rahul Roshan dude of Open India. The kind of oh. wild shit he puts out on Twitter and the kind... He used to be a regular panelist at News Laundry before Modi came in. And he was oh. this meek, cowardly guy, you know, who would... Yeah, yeah, he used to have that show now with cleaners. Dubigat. He's yeah. come on Dubigat. No, okay. uh, cleaners. Cleaners. Now, and and, and um, not just him, I remember there were many others who really hated the Congress and used to say, come for the protest. We need spoken because that time, there were four or five of us who were who knew English. So I remember I used to be on panel to panel every night. We said, we need more spokespersons. Nahi, nahi, hum nahi aa sakte. This was for Section 66A. No, no, no. This hmm. is before that. This Achha. is during RTI, during the okay. Jan Lokpal okay. movement. They said, nahi, sarkar kima bana degi. And now when I see these people who have been friends, who have been very gentle people in the past, are such vile, horrible people on Twitter, it's because clearly they felt, can you imagine how much rage they felt when someone like Sonia and Manmohan were, you know, governing the country and they felt that, my God, we are... But they were too scared to say anything. So when you said, why didn't you protest then? I think cowardice is the one common factor in all these right-wing bigots. Because for so long, stuff that they thought was wrong was happening, they didn't have the guts to protest. Even that time, the Libyans were protesting. None of these guys were doing jack shit. Mm. Okay, they were just, a very interesting they were piece on how it was and always now, the Liberals. And now they expect, now that it is, their kind of bigotry is in fashion, we should shut up because they shut up. But we are oh. not cowards. You know, they think coward cowardice is this common thread that runs through it. It doesn't. It's unique to you yeah. and your lot. You guys don't protest point. against anything. And that's why you expect us not to protest against anything. I mean, think about it, yeah? The biggest opponents of UPA were Arunar Roy, Arvind Kejriwal, Prashant Bhushan. Where There's the a very were, good piece on that, actually. Where the fuck were all these jokers who come and shout on uh, these things uh, today on panels? They were nowhere. And I have repeated this so often, I will never forget this one guy who screams on panels day in and day out these days. His exact words are, I can't come with you, the government will You've lived your life in mortal fear. And just see the personality change between this open India dude, uh, Roshan, then and now. You won't make the government cowards. You understand that we are cowards. We won't make it. You didn't play, you Sorry, that's my yeah, yeah, it was it? a great point. Nee, um, are they the doing it because they fear it or uh, they're doing it for rewards? No, no. Both they didn't maybe? speak up at that time because they did, there is an ideological alignment. I don't ah. think there is no ideological alignment. I mean, the only people who are who have no ideology are Sohail Seth. But the rest have some sort of an ideological alignment. Sorry, Supriya, you were saying? No, no, I'm sorry to interrupt. But also the, the other thing that seems common to me, the reason... Uh, the point you made just seems so enlightening to me is that a lot of these guys have followers who, in addition to having a certain kind, a certain kind of timidity in common with their, even their influencers, is just a complete willful misunderstanding of history. So the idea for them is, you know, the idea that why didn't you say anything back then is rooted in in the thought that... Uh, we did not say anything back then. Oh my God, everybody's hearing about this for the first time in our lives. You know, yeah. I mean, Ariyar, I'm sorry if you didn't read the newspapers between 2004 and 2014. The mm. rest of us did, na? Did, yeah. So I have a few emails. In fact, I have a lot of mails, almost 10 of them. So I apologize to our subscribers. I, there's no way I can read all of them. And many of them are very long, but I'll try to do the best and we shall respond to each of these emails which require responses. 
which have asked for responses. Uh, this one is from Balaji Sridharan. It's in response to the privileged discussion. First off, let me thank you for having Christina on the podcast. Please don't read this if you feel this topic has been beaten to death, but I feel compelled to respond to the claim from one of your listeners that affirmative action for one generation should be sufficient. While I was listening to that, I was reminded about Dr. Payal Tarvi, who commits suicide, while the reason oh, yeah. may be unclear. What is certain is that she was bullied for belonging to a scheduled tribe. The fact that this is happening in 2019 in Mumbai should ascertain that casteism is not some rural phenomena that can be eradicated by modernization and smart cities. It is deeply entrenched by statements like, if not for reservation, I could have been an IITIM. It is reinforced by insensitive teachers who tell students off for getting an admission through reservation. The support structure that one of your panelists suggested cannot exist in an ecosystem where people inherently believe they get less than they deserve because of someone else. To extend this narrative, I would like to add a thought experiment. Should a doctor such as Dr. Tarvi, who is bullied because of their caste family, can we not definitively say that workplace stress such a doctor faces will bleed into their family life? Will such stress not have an impact on their children? Absolutely right. You know, the points that uh, have been made by Balaji are brilliant. And, and I think this is very true. It seeps into your private life and it seeps into the culture of your family and confidence. And in fact, a lot of people from economically weaker sections, many of them, you know, who work in our homes and stuff, it's not like they're not bright, but they don't believe they can do it because they have been told that for generation to generation. And I think um, Balaji's articulated that beautifully. In fact, that's one of the biggest problems that young people who can break the mold from what their father or mother were working as, it's very difficult for them because they haven't seen the precedent of success in any other profession. It's not ingrained in them. And I think cracking that mold is half that problem. Yeah, exactly. Is lack of seeing it's the precedent. Yeah. This mail is 1,024 words, so there's no way I'll read all of it. Because Ravi Arjun Roland has spoken about the reservation, election, merit and discrimination. Ravi says, when Christina says India is a Hindu country, she was saying it from the perspective of a Dalit who does not feel like belonging to Hindu religion and see it as portrayal of Brahminical systems and its caste biases. And many of us graduated Dalits feel the same as we don't believe it to be religious representation of Dalits. I think he's talking about when Christina said that we're becoming a Hindu nation and Madhu disagreed. So he says that he can identify with why it's, it's true, it's not for, for people from his community. They do feel that. BJP being a political face of the religion does not have any appeal to me. But that's not the case for Dalits living in rural India and they're still very much attached to the Hindu identity when the BJP offers it at a national level. And they see it as their representation while there is no other alternative in the picture. Then um, he goes on to say, you know, many other things on election, that there are obvious election results as there was a complete absence of an opposition. It's not about the face, it's the opposition had a message reaching the ground. You can read this whole mail because it is made some very, very good points and articulated very well. Uh, it's 1,023 words. He's spoken about why people like Atishi lose. And, uh, you know, and it's not about, and he disagrees with Anand, says that past work has made Modi win. He says no one wins because of past work. They win because they can make you believe that we care, we'll do this, we'll do that. They create a oh. false consciousness. Yeah. So, and then, of course, he's spoken about reservation, uh, which is some very good points. And for Madhu, he said, there is a minimum qualification required for admission in every educational institution. And when you pass out, you pass out with the same knowledge you cannot be, uh, no, you don't move from year to year based on any reservation. It's just that the admission stage, it, it's over. And then he's spoken about merit. Then um, this is anonymous. SK, I will call you. 
I'd like to remain anonymous. I've been a subscriber for a few months, and Hafta and Awful and Awesome are among my favorite podcasts. In fact, the podcasts were the primary reason I decided to become a subscriber. You also take feedback constructively and do your best to incorporate it, which is really admirable. Thank you so much. We try anonymous, not anonymous. I'll call you SK because those are his initials. Hafta two twenty seven was a really good one as far as environment topics are discussed. Having said that, the quality of Hafta discussion suffers when the participants are not equipped to accurately represent the different points of view on the issue. For instance, in Hafta two twenty seven, there was a discussion on the Hindi imposition debate. It stayed into the frankly surreal discussion on how nobody gives importance to Hindi and how Hindi is disadvantaged. While the DMK are making cynical use of the draft educational policy, their views shouldn't be just dismissed without a look at the larger context. This print article by Yogendra Yadav does a good job of presenting the different sides of the case. He explains why he thinks the three language formula was a good idea which is being sabotaged by the DMK while also acknowledging how Hindi speaking states found a way to circumvent it. So he broadly agrees with that but he says this is more than a Tamil versus Hindi issue it is larger than that and they will they've been rumblings in the Karnataka and in uh, Maharashtra. So there could have been logistical difficulties in getting knowledgeable participants for every issue of the week, but then you can leave the issue for the next week. We don't need a hot take on every issue. So he feels that the language debate was not covered adequately across the board. So thanks, SK, uh, for that for that feedback. Very, uh, you clearly know a lot about this issue, so that's great. Maybe Karthik, you can just write to SK and say if he'd like to join us on this next time. Let's let's keep building on that database of subscribers because we have such articulate and smart subscribers. Let's use them in our haftas, no? I keep reminding you, but you don't do anything, uh, Karthik. I'm just saying. I'm sorry to say this, but I keep saying this every time. Your database is those same four people who have appeared twice. It just doesn't grow. <laughs> nice so segue to like. <laughs> so anyway, so now that I've I've quit bashing <laughs> Karthik. Isi baane, tusi bhi aajo Karthik hai. Sabko lapet mein. And uh, this feedback is: I've been an on and off. This is Vikas. On and off subscriber since the very early days, since episode three. Wow, you're an old subscriber. Thanks, Vikas. I don't mean to attack fellow subscribers or guests, but I had to pen down my thoughts after listening to Hafta two twenty five and two twenty six. As Anand Vardhan said, I had the similar prediction about India voters being derided after possible Modi win. Although I myself had the same emotional response when Lalu won in twenty fifteen, but in a week or so, I came to terms with the nuances. I reckon such binarification is unfair just as unfair if anyone not supporting modi is labeled a pro dynast or pro corruption yada yada i hope many such responses towards an average voter are knee-jerk emotional spikes and probably tapers down in a short period of time even if it doesn't remember 56% still did not vote nda that alone could calm some nerves <laughs> anyway keep up the good work i can't imagine hafta without anand vardhan's perspective on the variety of issues and abhinandan's provocative rants i have one provocative rant coming up for for our guest at the end of this so stay tuned for that Also, I'd like to see Shiva, Roo, Praveen, Swami, Lakshmi, and Nistula Habar as guests. I think okay, we should Rikas. get Nistula. Yeah. Fine, we'll get Nistula at some point. Shiva, Roo, also. Of and there's only 35 words, so I'm throwing it in here. Sorry, Kumar. I wanted to thank Madhu for the comments made about resentment and childhood trauma in NL Hafta 224. It made me reflect on my own actions a bit as well. Keep doing the good work. Shenpa. Shenpa. Thank huh, you. Okay. Oh, and Shenpa. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and uh, in fact, the next one is not saying. Not thanking Madhu. This next one is from anonymous. P.S. P.S. says, basically, I'll just paraphrase. P.S. says that Madhu apparently in the last half hour I was on here. You, he says, it was amusing to hear Madhu bash Amartya Sen while citing Swati Parashar's article. So apparently, what uh, anonymous writer saying is that Madhu trashed him for giving commentary on the Indian election through a very Western prism. Yet Madhu brings in Bush and Kennedy. 
and her reaction to Kejriwal getting slapped was why couldn't he have heard it like George Bush what door every comparison she gives is Madhu's US centric view but yet she bashed Amartya Sen for having a western view of Indian election Madhu yeah aapke liye yeah okay he's right so I'll also include uh, Rajiv Gandhi had a more magnanimous view in terms of dealing with us personally but his uh, courtiers did not they were really rough but uh, he had a quite a relaxed view on it because i mean you know buta singh and farooq abdullah wanted me arrested for showing militants on camera for the first time mm. in 1989 and uh, he just told them to run along sure so he's right yeah i should have given more examples related to india india but uh, they're few and far between because most peop- most of those in power don't react well to criticism in india right okay now uh, if Na- c- nehru didn't in fact he amended article 19 just because he couldn't didn't like but, the no, but criticism we, we often blame nehru for that there's a very good piece written on this by uh, one Gautam, of our guests gautam bhatia gautam bhatia he even cleared that up he cleared that up Gautam. nehru's intervention was limited it was taken to a more broader and general sense by sardar in fact is what he said right no not sardar sorry but he's written the constitution assembly to begin with didn't guarantee free speech but he just increased the ambit of yeah, what exactly. is reasonable yeah exactly didn't guarantee in the beginning ambedkar yeah. said that it it cannot be absolute or did he okay i'm getting confused but listen to that podcast and yeah, read that Gautam's podcast piece. he kind of clears it up he clears it up so this this whole narrative that nehru is the one who limited it is actually a, is a wrong narrative is what he I'm said i'm not so sure of that because i read debates in parliament when he proposed it and there were people there was one i forget who it was maybe it was feroz gandhi in fact but m- there was one parliamentarian who got up and said the country will never forgive you for this he told nehru this so i don't i'm not sure about bu- buying siddharth's i'm uh, uh, sorry gautam bhatia's anyway, argument we, we'll read it and we can discuss it next time that's debatable because i've read on this introduction uh, the amendment at great length and i haven't read uh, read bhatia's piece so i maybe, no, maybe i'd be convinced by him i don't know but most of the stuff that i've read just does point the finger to nehru so maybe there's a prelude to proposition i mean before that Possibly. they must have discussed so maybe go so manisha do you want to discuss any of the other because you know what was happening in the country in the last week but i was missing because i have something to discuss with our esteemed guest uh, no you can i thought we could discuss aligarh and sure, we could talk it. to ayush Ayush yes. Agarwal. So, yeah. uh, just lay the context before we get Ayush on. So, um, there was a murder of a two and a half year old girl in Aligarh, and in Tappal, actually, a village which is fifty kilometers away from main town Aligarh. And two of the accused, usually, just to lay context, uh, in India, a crime. There are about three hundred crimes committed against children every day on average. Few of them make it to news. This one, there was a lot of outrage. in the big name because two of the the accused are muslims so immediately it was picked on by the right wing outlets as look muslims are involved in killing a child here and you did so much about kathua where hindus were involved why aren't you talking about this so that's how it basically the case got a lot of attention of course it was also very barbaric it, i mean the whole details of the case are pretty gory and ayush went there to see how the whole case had taken a communal turn even though the motives unlike in kathua like kathua there was a clear communal motive where they wanted to scare the bakarwal community away from grazing in their pastoral land so they wanted to you know commit a crime so he needs to drive away a community there was a clear communal angle here it was mostly a it seemed like a sort of uh, the grandfather of the girl loaned money to one of the accused 
and he didn't return it and he's also sort of a known criminal one of the accused is was also uh, he had molested his own daughter so like two really depraved individuals but motives were not communal but the crime then uh, turned into it turned into a very communal situation and, then, and ayush can come in and tell us so what he was, saw there so without um, it necessarily becoming a reporter or us cuz i'm sure you'll discuss this in detail there yeah so make sure people watch uh, listen to that podcast for that reason but sorry no, sir. i think i'll just ask uh, I, if we if you can just reconstruct mm. the communal part of it and where the police was trying to tackle police was literally begging uh, you know yeah. for peace in fact uh, he's so got some really good videos got really on good videos. Check out. so, so you if you can just explain reconstruct the entire thing so uh, i went there to meet the family and actually report on things and get a rather as said uh, so as i said reconstruct how the murder happened but after i talked to them and i realized that most of the narrative of the mainstream media on the issue was accurate i went and met the pradhans whose house is in the middle of the village and while we were there while he was interviewing uh, he was talking to some correspondent there's a huge crowd that showed up from uh, the main road the market of the town and uh, they were from the neighboring villages of tuppal town they were not people living there but from around the place and what i got a sense uh, of the whole issue was that as they came in and they had the huge effigy they were smashing and beating it up and i talked to them and i asked them where are you from how did you were you organized by a political party a group they said no we are self organized and they showed me some whatsapp messages which circulated probably from village to village and very angry 2 300 people and they just first got a lot of ruckus harrison journalist thoda dhakka hoka diya times now wale ko and then they just went in the local lanes of the villages and at one point when they reached a very sensitive spot where the muslim community probably lived and you could tell then the chance changed from zahid ko fasi ho zahid is the guy who's accused of raping the the I'm minor yeah. murdering there's yeah. no yet we don't know of rape. yes uh, of, of of murdering them sorry uh, from some zahid ko fasi ho it changed to suwar suwar ko fasi ho and it uh, took so that slur came in and i talked to them they said koi bhi yahan they use a derogatory slur the k word for the muslim koi aaya nahi yahan par so and that reflected in the family also they also had a sense of the fact that whenever something happens in that area whenever whenever kid gets missing or someone's kidnapped usually the whole community goes to the police station protests and he said agar musliman ki ladki wahan arrest gayab hoti hai to hindu bhi jate hain lekin is bar hinduon ke sath hua to musliman nahi aaye so i talked to some uh, local people and i couldn't find any muslim over there to talk to because they they weren't ready to talk to me they didn't want to come out of their house even and when i talked to them over phone they said they were scared because of all these men pouring out from neighboring villages almost uh, they were scared and didn't, didn't want to come and talk to people and they said we think of our safety first of course we support punishment but one scene in the police station when i went this mobbed this mob after finally protesting through these narrow lanes reached the police station and the circle officer there mr pankaj shivasa tried to calm them down and that's the video that i've shot that's in the piece where he's literally telling them ki aisa kuch mat karna ki baad mein hum sab ko rona pade kyunki bheed mein sare type ko calm them so um thank you ayush for that wonderful report and you shot video as well which actually answers a couple of the questions that have come later in another email but i just you want to take this opportunity you know uh, ayush went to aligarh i think it was a two or three day trip it wasn't as expensive as some others can be but you know uh, those of you who ask us to do more reports and about how news is working not working i get 
uh, you know, several such mails a week of some reporter out of our wonderful team to go out and do a report. And I have to take a call on, can we afford it? Can I send someone there? There's a bus ticket. If it's further away, there'll be an air ticket. The person will stay for two or three days. And uh, you can't keep telling these guys to go stay at a sarai or something or at a gurdwara because at the end of the day, they have to digitize their footage, I'm sure. So, you know, unless you guys subscribe, journalism will die. And this I've been saying with fair amount of confidence for a long time. Advertising does not support journalism. It can't. It will die. Unless you click on subscribe and pay to keep news free. Because when the public pays, public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers are served. And the model is not optimized advertising model for ground reports. That it's just the cost benefit analysis of ground report does not make sense in the advertising model. So I urge you to subscribe. Those of you who are listening to this outside the paywall in the free version. Subscribe, listen to the whole hafta. Uh, because you'd be surprised at how journalism impacts your life. You may think it doesn't, but it does. On that note, uh, thank you for that. Uh, I'll just quickly go over another couple of mails and uh, we'll come back to Supriya on my provocative rant. And then I would like Supriya to make it lively. Wait, so, do you Sup- really need me around for a provocative rant? Since that sounds pretty one-sided. <laughs> no, because yeah, then, you'll be just ranting at her. No, What's her? Then I'll provoke you. Have you have to rant back. You have to rant back. Ah. You know, this is like when I used to the good old days when Arnab still liked me, and he would call me because one of the first debates I went on his panel, I called what Abhishek Manu Singhvi was that you're talking nonsense. So Abhishek Manu left. He says, I don't know who this boy is. Who are these young? And he was a minister in the UPA government. I'm not going to be part of any debate. So Ar- Arnab was very happy. So then he used to call me. Then you know, Jay Bachchan had some something that you should make fun of parliament. So while I used to be in the car going to the Times Now studio, he used to call me. Ah, Abhinandan, make it lively. Huh? Let's, let's have fun. Let's see if you can get someone else to walk out. <laughs> so it was like prepping me before going there. I was like, uh, okay, uh, like, fine. <laughs> like, what okay. the fuck? <laughs> but, okay, looking forward to good training for our future careers as 9 p.m. panelists and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. So lively, lively. As a Punjabi would say. Okay, uh, this email is from Shibesh Malhotra, who was also the co-writer of the first season of Constitution. His views on the Modi has a mandate argument. He says, I'm going to start with saying, yes, the fascist state is here and the situation is dire. But I would like to us all to consider removing the sentence, Modi has the mandate from our vocabulary. Mathematically speaking, only about 17% of India actually of the population voted Modi. He's done the back of the envelope calculation, Nietzsche. No, everyone please read Vivek Paul's piece on this. This is a bogus argument. So, okay. (laughs) This is important because whenever the word mandate comes up, it's usually being used by someone to silence dissenters by effectively proposing India wanted this or Modi ji is the popular opinion. Modi isn't the popular opinion. We don't have any proof to back that claim. We don't know the popular opinion because literally less than half of our population voted. That isn't solely because of voter apathy. I imagine a sizable chunk of our population couldn't vote because of extenuating circumstances, migrant labor, work, shirk, etc. And as discussed with Mr. Bhardwaj of Lallan Top, in 226, even the number of voters within the BJP electorate who voted not on policy but personality sizable. So yes, while fascist state is here, the situation is dire. Let's not give it an opening to lord over us by saying India wanted it. So that's what he says. He's won, he's won, that's it. But but democracy is not just about the elections. I mean, elections is a component of democracy. It is also about free speech, what journalists do, what the judiciary does, what the executive does. So, of course, he's won the mandate. And I don't think this argument that only 30% care about voted for him, rest everyone's against him, so he actually doesn't deserve to be the PM. Or, I mean, he's won, that's it. And that's the system we have. That's the best system that we know of till now. So Modi's won with that system. I think we should just give him that. But that doesn't mean that those who didn't vote for him should just shut up now. Yeah. That's also silly. You know, now you liberals shut up. Like, why? 
he's one so, okay and well, this I'm, mail from you know, Prakash it's a, it's a short mail 198 <laughs> words Prakash I hear I love this generation they are telling you to shut up like why <laughs> <laughs> Prakash Ayer says this is for Abhinandan in quite a few haftas Abhinandan said India is not a democracy or lacking democratic spirit or words to that effect if anything with age I have felt totally the opposite about Indian democracy yes there are levels of feudal attitude but as the cliche goes it's all relative look around much smaller countries with much lesser diversity in Asia Africa Latin America have struggled to embrace peaceful electoral democracy for all the poems Abhinandan writes about US freedom of expression and democracy. Universal suffrage is only a reality after civil rights movement in the 1960s. India, for all its casteist sexist history, gave everyone the right to vote in 47. And unlike most of our neighbors, India has had a peaceful transfer of power every five years, barring the 18 months of emergency. I'm not a typical patriot, but if not pride, this fact should at least inspire some Oh, I get goosebumps just looking at Indian elections. It's truly a carnival democracy. Thanks, Prakash. I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Although I disagree with what you've attributed to me, I didn't say India is not a democracy. I said that our spirit is not democratic and it was a Western concept that we still haven't quite understood. We think voting every five years is democracy. The Freedom of Expression Act, the FOA in America, or just the way you can question those who you elect to power, we are miles from. We may have given everybody the right to vote, but we haven't given everybody the right to question. And even now, RTI is being killed and no one is even noticing it. So, in elections does not a democracy make. It is one important aspect of a democracy. It's the only one that we've understood. On every other account of a democratic metric, I think, we are very, very compromised. And especially so since we keep thumping our chest and calling ourselves the biggest democracy in the world. I think there's a lot to be proud of. But the democratic spirit, we don't get. We get elections. That's about it. Madhu. Uh, I'd like to add a link, perhaps perhaps Karthik can add it. There's a clip of John Stewart in Congress uh, giving yes. them hell over not giving... First respondents. Yeah, to the healthcare. first responders of 9-11. And he's screaming at them and yelling them and telling them that you should be ashamed of yourselves. I don't see that happening in India. Yeah, dude, here, have you seen Sorry that? for bringing up an American example. <laughs> Achha, let me think of it. American Prakash, junkies. But Prakash, I, but that is, I think it is one of the best functioning democracies in the world. I mean, why, why are we so churlish about saying it? It, bhai, If we can use their examples for, when you go pitch to a VC, they said, America, mein, where has this worked? That's the first thing they asked. Show me the model where it's worked in America. I mean, why are we so churlish? No, we can't give that example. मतलब आपको अगर कुछ यू नो हकीम का कुछ बनाना यहां का एग्जांपल तो बाकी वो है तो है क्या कर सकते हैं दे आर द बेस्ट एग्जांपल व्हाट नो आई वाज वेरी इंप्रेस्ड विद जॉन स्टुअर्ट हिज पैशन एंड नथिंग टू पर्सनली गेन फ्रॉम दिस आल्सो प्रकाश आई डोंट नो इफ यू हैव सीन दिस वीडियो टुडे ऑफ अ बीजेपी एमएलए हु क्लेम्स टू बी राजा भैयास मामा टेलिंग दिस ग्रुप ऑफ जर्नलिस्ट्स सेइंग कि वो तो उसकी औकात क्या है वो मुझसे सवाल पूछने की बिकॉज़ ही हैड रफ्ड अप अ जर्नलिस्ट गाली गोली मार के उसकी लाश भी नहीं मिलेगी मैं वो आदमी हूँ दो टॉक ऐसे मैं नौकर रखता हूँ घर पे जर्नलिस्ट का एम फिल है दैट गाइज गिविंग डिग्रीज की आव डन नाउ इफ सच वीडियो इन एनी अदर डेमोक्रेसी वॉज देयर ऑफ इलेक्टेड रिप्रेजेंटेटिव द एक्सपेक्टेशन टू रिजाइन वुड बी सो इमेंस ही बॉडी वॉन्ट बी फाउंडन अगेन आई एम सिंग वी डोंट गेट द डेमोक्रेटिक स्पिरिट वी गेट इलेक्शन Yeah, so this boils down to what you and Manisha were saying earlier was this culture of that guru ki bhi koi mm. question nahi kare, teachers mm. ko question nahi kare, parents ko koi question nahi kare. So questioning is it's a phrase that I've never heard anywhere else in the world. You only hear in India, which is like you're questioning me. Mm. Even a <laughs> wife asking a husband, 
where have you been you're questioning me that's mm. like the worst you can't question no or as growing up my mother would always say this ki palat ke jawab mat do which but even for the most basic things i was like but what do i say i have to say something to you yeah. but most parents have this jawab mat do i told her two things palat so like, ke jawab mat do mukabla karti hai like arun ko ye ye ja sakta hai main kyun nahi jaate मुकाबला कर रही है हाँ मुकाबला कर रही है डोंट बैक चैट या दैट वाज माय मदर डोंट बैक चैट एंड आई फॉर द लॉन्गेस्ट टाइम कूड अंडरस्टैंड बट बैक चैटिंग लाइक आई आई पुट माय पॉइंट अक्रॉस टू यू आई एम नॉट गोइंग टू बैक चैट सो दिस इज ओके वी स्नैप चैट इफ द इक्वल रूल्स देन मुकाबला नहीं करते ना ओके नाउ कमिंग टू द वर्ल्ड कप सुप्रिया बिफोर सुप्रिया बिफोर आई कम टू द वर्ल्ड कप एंड क्रिकेट नो नो आई जस्ट वांट बिकॉज़ यू राइट ऑन स्पोर्ट एंड and this is something that i want to bore our listeners can i just bring in a joke that Please. somebody made on twitter which was lovely hmm. when uh, manu joseph said they should have it in pakistan with the guy standing there in umbrella that they should have the world cup in pakistan as a sort of sarcastic thing so somebody wrote by is it in if they had it in pakistan if there was a toss somebody run away with a coin <laughs> <laughs> but there was a world cup in india pakistan bangladesh i love anti pakistan and 99 anti- or something wasn't there a world cup that pakistan india bangladesh sri lanka supriya Uh I think it was 99. It was. Because no. 2003 was England, right? I I don't know. Oh no, 96. 96 okay. was 96 uh, India Ath- Sri Lanka uh India Sri Lanka Ath- Pakistan. Atul says 96. No, before I come oh, to that, what, what is your take on the future of journalism as a as a model? I mean, what do you think of the ad model and or if you have any views at all as, as a journalist it's not your job to think about it. So what do you think Supriya? Journalism as 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 a profession, what what do you think will make it survive? Are you talking about in India or around the world? I think India will follow the global pattern so I don't think they'll be different but what will the trend be in your view? We may be a little late to the party but we'll get there eventually. Sure. Um I th- I'm enticed by your argument that uh, subscribers will save journalism although I don't know if there's I mean it will certainly be the first it'll be it'll certainly be the first historical era in journalism that readers actually pay for that readers actually underwrite uh the news that they get and the quality of the news that they get so it should be interesting to see that happen then again our models are changing so rapidly that maybe it will just be easier than ever before for for readers to to do that right so there's no reason to be pessimistic about that um about journalism itself and whether it will be the journalism that everyone on this podcast ha- you know agrees on as journalism uh from Madhu and Raman to you and Manisha and I um and perhaps the journalists who are currently working is there a future generation that will simply think of journalism as something different uh in terms of the platforms that it's on in terms of the work that it's supposed to do is journalism supposed to tell the truth is it supposed to persuade you according to your bias um that i'm not so sure of because i think that the idea of what we consider the public discourse itself is shifting ground and i i i'm really not sure where that's going All right. Okay, I have two more emails and then we'll finish off with a discussion on cricket. If Man, you're just discuss- extending this, you're just leaving me hanging with <laughs> No, no. That I'm I'm quite eager to hear what your rant is going to okay, be. Okay, I'll tell you. So, since we have a a sports journalist here, your I'm sure words will be of some consequence to our listeners. This email is from Richie Kumar. Richie Kumar has basically asked that why did a news laundry focus on articles more than videos and audio during the election? Richie you have taken the words right out of madhu's mouth i what richie says is that he heard lalan top and he follows lalan top for election and lalan top did a lot of videos while richie pays for news laundry and is a subscriber and he says you know he or she richie are, i don't know it's a gender agnostic name so i'm not sure whether you're a he or a she 
So I'll assume you're a she. So uh, Richie, uh, she says that uh, she'll continue to pay for news laundry and she's happy to pay for it. But she did not get anything from news laundry for the election coverage that she would come to us for. She pays because she likes that this hafta and the opinions and how we question everything, including ourselves. But video is the way she'd consume news because it's just easier. It's very difficult for her to read articles. So she's asking, is it a function of the resources available or what is it? So I'll answer your question. Yes, resources is a large component. We have to give phones. We just bought one. Which one did you buy? Samsung, what was So I'll have to buy like eight, nine such Redmi phones uh, and send, give Sound, to everybody. please. I, what I keep cribbing about. Sound. <laughs> like Something that has a nice that. mic attached yeah. to it. So that is one aspect. And then once we get that, we're going to have to spend some time and effort to get a lot of the youngsters here. And even Manisha, who's a seasoned journalist, but it's just not so, it's not second nature to pull out a phone and shoot video. So when you take three, four days or maybe a week-long workshop, during that week, the amount of work that will come out of news will be less. So it's a function of both uh, money and time, which is also money. So yeah. And then uh, this is another subscriber who just wants to be called SV, who's a journalist. Hi, News Laundry. I'm a journalist and a long-time subscriber. This is my first email. I suspect it will be a long one. If you read excerpts from the mail, please use only my initials. First, an anecdote. Most people do not like to stand for the national anthem before a film. And yet they do so typically out of fear of Jamela. I'm like most people. When I stand for the national anthem, my thoughts are not how wonderful our country is, though I do not doubt it is in some ways wonderful. Instead, I look around to guess who is who in the audience would beat me up if I didn't stand. <laughs> Listen, I just buy popcorn. I have to wait outside. Because Over the I'm last couple of years, you don't like to stand up. No, I don't like to stand up. You don't like to stand up. I do stand up, but reluctantly. So I, I don't love to stand I up. I don't stand Except when I'm with my niece and nephew. And again, it's a Jamela thing. The only reason is if I'm by myself or with some friends or, you know, another friend. That if there's some shit, I can deal with it. I just don't want to deal with shit with kids around. So, yeah, it's a Jamela thing. Although when I went for a film with Madhu and I didn't stand, she started pulling me up. And she almost tore my kurta. And people at the back were wondering why she's beating me up. I tugged at him. So then I stood. So the Jamela, you see what? <laughs> Jamela, so, Gargai, Jamela. Guys, uh, some news from Bandra, which is uh, that we don't play uh, the national anthem in theatres anymore around here. And oh, we wow. haven't been doing it for the last few months. Well done. Only Although, in Bandra or Bombay? Bandra and Kotla. Um, I mean, I'm just, I, I can't give you a Bombay uh, okay. uh, you familiar with it. Actually, the court had made it optional for cinemas, but yeah, of course, yeah. cinemas want to show that I don't are. know why people are against jingoism. Yeah. I love it. A few months ago, I went to watch Captain Marvel in the middle of an engaging scene. The theatre cut to the interval as theatres in India often do with Hollywood films. It was a particularly thoughtless cut. The audience let out a collective groan and then something miraculous happened. The projector had not yet been turned off and a teenager in the last row stuck his finger into it. What flashed on the screen was a big, loud middle finger. The audience clapped and cheered and laughed. It was the fuck you all... It was the fuck you we all wanted. The divider, the divides in my head melted instantly. That silly moronic adolescent middle finger had united us like no national anthem ever had. <laughs> <laughs> this this election has made us distrustful of each other like no other. A fact you tac- tacitly discussed at the end of last hafta. I've seen awful examples of this on social media. I've seen a Bengali voter, a liberal journalist at Indian Express, no less, refer to North Indians in Bengal as cancerous. I've seen people from Kerala say that they do not identify with the rest of the BJP voting electric and want to secede from India. Comedian Kunal Kamra said, fuck you to the Indian voter on result day. That fuck you came from real pain. The email you read last week on Hafta was heartbreaking. Everywhere I look, there is distrust and fear. We believe we no longer understand each other. I believe the media has played an enormous role in this. Yes. Pliant television media, certainly, but even liberal media, which I hold no, 
which I hold to higher standards. The liberal media tells us again and again that to engage with the right, like the RSS and the like, is to legitimize and normalize it. And so liberal media has decided to alienate them altogether. For example, Raghu Karnad stopped attending GLF because RSS members were invited. We've painted the average BJP voter to be a bigoted, Muslim-lynching, saffron-wearing fascist when most people are just voting for the lesser evil. Our fights are over degrees of bad. We seem to have forgotten that we have more in common than what separates us. We've forgotten that eventually we all suffer from the same insecurities, the same fears, the same heartbreaks, the same challenges. That we have to fight climate change, that we have to work towards education, health and sanitation for all, that we will all lose people we love to heart problems and cancer, that breakups hurt, back pain is inevitable, puppies adorable and gulab jamun amazing. What a lovely letter. That's where I see journalism and lovely. NL in particular playing a huge role in healing our hearts and reminding us that we're all batting for the same team. Regardless of worldview and politics, I highly recommend bringing back your interviews of I Agree, which was a fabulous product and gave a tool to engage without legitimizing. Find someone else to do it if you do not. I believe you should be bringing people with all kinds of politics to Hafta more from the right than you currently do and focusing on what you have in common as much as on what you differ. We have to work to see where we disagree but also agree. We must humanize one another. I'm so happy when I hear subscribers write to you and say that you're bashing Modi too much. It means that Modi voters are listening and engaging. Why don't you have more of them on your show? I'm interested in their points of view which could then challenge and dis which we could then challenge and dissect as well. No other news organization with the exception of maybe the print enjoys a bipartisan readership. You must build it and preserve it even if by playing the class clown or the teenager with the middle finger in the projector. To this end, I think the World Cup is coming at a great time. There may be some value to cricket after all. Ha! <sighs> also, I'm keen for you guys to engage with this question. Should journalists be expressing their feeling about election on social media? The question is not about liberty to do so. Of course, that exists. The question is, does it undermine our work as journalists? Hmm. Well, Madhu will agree with you. Interesting. Best of luck. I have great hope from what you can do with limited means and I hope I get to work with you someday. Please. I think she's she, wonderful. So maybe Please we should come. reach out to for one. She, she just wants I to love the way you write. I love us. the way you Sorry. think. This mail is from SV. We will not disclose her name. SV, please come. I agree with her. You know, this whole thing of... And I, I love Hartosh and I love fighting with him. But the thing that he also has in this... Raghu, of course, is at a different level because RSS has come there we will not go on that platform. I find that really childish. I mean, I'm happy to go on any platform. And I think that's the whole idea. You know, the JLF is, if you've been to JLF, it has such interesting ideas coming across. Now, uh, we are probably going to be inviting someone from the RSS because we're having that one session on propaganda. Well, so how we can have, you just invite one we, we, point we, of view? We're it's, having it's people from all ridiculous. the political publications. Organizer, uh, Sandesh, Kamal Sandesh, uh, which is the communist wala, Konsatha? People's Democracy. We're, we're having a panel of editors of so of of you know but Hartosh has had a problem with JLF before like he's always hated it since his no it's Raghu who so said he won't like, go no yeah, so I don't, I don't get that, I like that, oh, that. If, if so and so is going to be there I'm not going to be there I find that even Berkeley when they uninvited that Milo Yano it's ridiculous I don't get it no the thing is that you know I've been on panels where there's BJP or VHP RSS spokesperson and they're like really quite virulent on camera arguing with me and fighting and then when we come out it's happened to me two three times they'll come to me and say Madhuji personally le lena which I think is fine personally the Prime Minister did not fly over Park we should definitely be engaging with conservative stream of thought right leaning stream of thought but yeah, where I would draw the line, of course, is like a Madhu Kishwar or... Yeah, but that's yeah. a different... Those see, are just people I, I would not invite. No, I would I'd still go on the panel, but you know... No, I mean, they don't Madhu, have any value. I wouldn't go on the Republic but panel sure anymore because it's a circus. viewpoint, I mean, someone who presents it... I think 
I'm I'm it, it's great. Sorry, Supriya, why don't you come and weigh in on this before we carry on? Uh, yeah, I'm I well, Raghu is not the Karnada I expected to be speaking about on this. Right, yeah. This episode. Oh yes. Um I come in from a different point of view for uh, from you guys and it's interesting that you brought up uh, the Milo example because as you were revisiting, you know, the JLF objections, I remembered um, you know, the fascist who was disinvited from the New York Steve Bannon, Steve yeah, Bannon. Who was disinvited mm-hmm. uh, in large part because uh, guests started to withdraw from the New Yorker Festival, yeah, said, yeah. I'm not coming if he's coming. Uh, New Yorker staff pushed back. And I think that I think it's important to make a distinction between the kind of, between two kinds of events. One is where um, the idea is to, is to represent different points of view, clearly, which is clearly what you're planning to do at the Media Rumble. Um, where you have representatives of organizations and spokespersons of political parties, both of which are very legitimate posts from, like, you know, that, that, that represent the views of the organization that they're from. At a literature festival or, you know, a New Yorker festival, at, at this sort of like festival of ideas, which I think is, occupies a very slippery place in our public discourse because it's neither journalism nor a complete sort of PR job, right? It becomes a little more difficult to say, Am I bringing this person on because I genuinely want to engage with and def- and possibly defeat their views if they are hateful views? Or is my bringing them on only going to provide them amplification and nothing else? And one of the reasons I'm, I agreed with what Raghu did uh, when the RSS came on uh, at JLF is that in spite of the fact that, remember, that it was structured as a quasi-journalistic thing. They were being interviewed by Pragya Tiwari, who was a journalist who was who was right? Who was reporting on the RSS at the time? The argument can be made that JLF is essentially a place where people go to promote their views and not to actually engage in argument. And in that case, I think it's legitimate to say, "Okay, boss, you know, aapka PR chal raha hai, hamara nahi chalega." Okay, I mean, hmm. I sorry, I've already said. I don't agree with that. Yeah. I, don't. I, mean, I think I'd be fine this. with. I mean, if someone like Sohail Seth and all can come to yeah, exactly. JLF, if, if then why not Mohan Bhagwat? Look, the point is, I don't see how one can legitimately say, I will not engage with the other side. It doesn't matter to me who the other side is. The more against I am personally against their political views, the more I would want to engage them. I don't want only people who I would agree with. It's so boring. Hmm. So somebody who I completely disagree with, I would look forward to engaging with Sorry, them. Speaking of Bannon, did you see Sudhir Chaudhary's interview with Steve Bannon? Last week it was... Uh, <laughs> no. We, so Sudhir Chaudhary interviewed Steve Bannon on Vyond TV. Oh, <laughs> she heard So how did that go? I didn't see it. Must have been magical. But just on one point on JLF, maybe like for that thing, they could have called someone like an Akshay Mukul who's reported again. I mean, maybe they could have had um, equal representation of views that are opposing RSS on that panel. But okay, that's still, I don't think that was what it was would, meant to be at all, no? Like no, but, it was not, but the, the, the but, idea was not even that we're going to have like a debate and talk about, uh, you know, the views that you profess and, and, and the views that uh, India was founded on or etc. I mean, so, I mean, Pragya was already there supposedly to do a, you know, kind of a reportorial interview in which she gave pushback. And she did. She asked them some uncomfortable questions about the Sachar Committee report and their views on it and so on and so forth. I think, though, that the point is, and this is something we're all grappling with as journalists, right? There's a point at which engaging with the views of some people just inevitably become propaganda, Right. Regardless but that's true of whether for we're across spectrums. Like a lot of books that are promoted there at JLF is propaganda. I mean, a lot of it is just really trashy books and authors but just... But why wouldn't you, you engage with them? Go there mm. to promote it. 
right? Yeah, and yeah. now the question of where, which one about the distinctions you make between, okay, which one can I withdraw from versus which one do I engage with or support? I guess those distinctions are, are deeply personal. Uh, and some people have people have withdrawn, remember, because like the, the Tatars or because Rio Tinto have, uh, have sponsored JLF. And for some people, it was this, it was the RSS. And, you know, perhaps in the future... No, sponsorship um, is a different thing. Perhaps in the future, Spons- Madhukishwar will refuse to appear because Rana Ayub is at JLF and that's, you know, her, her lookout. No, sponsorship is a different thing. If a company decides that these guys, whoever are coming on, are against our business or our interests, that's fair enough. But if a journalist or a fellow writer or anybody decides that I'm only going to uh, engage with people who I agree with, I think that's putting your head in the sand. Jaipur Literature Festival has all kinds of views. And I think the whole point is that I'm only going to read things that I agree with. What are you ever going to learn? Which is also, which is also fine, but I think I, I think that is a, a certain... I'm uncomfortable the, with that. I want whole, to read things that I don't agree with. I, I think what SV said, I think those were her initials, right? The email... Uh, yeah. Wrote, mm. She says, the I agree is a way of engaging with people without legitimizing them. I, I, I thought that's a very well Yeah, like what you did with the Ram Gopal... Not Ram Gopal. Ram Madhav. Jay, no, Jay Prakash. Jay Bhagwan Goyal. Jay Bhagwan Goyal. So, yeah, I think there are ways to doing it, but I do think there is this... Um, and I think it's a legitimate criticism of the liberals... Uh, and I don't use the word left and liberal, you know, as substitutes because I think they're very different, especially in the Indian context. Um, I think that there is a certain... Um, for too long... People have been kept outside the conversation, and and there is this untouchability thing that you know that untouchable. I think that's deeply problematic, and it's deeply ingrained in a certain liberal psyche in the country. And uh, yeah, I completely disagree with it. I think one can say I won't go on Republic because it's a circus. Everyone shouts at each other, and you know. But if you have a you know sane discussion with the same panelists or panelists of the same views. Anywhere, I yeah, think it's exactly. Fine. I think it's. I would care more about the value uh, that they're adding to the discussion, whether you're a conservative or a liberal. Hmm. So yeah, sure. I'm not going to engage with any right-wing loony just because there should be representation. Hmm. But if it's a person who's conservative, and I do think Mohan Bhagwat, say Morgan Bhagwat was to come, I would want to know what he has to say about a lot of things. Hmm. I would want to hey, know what you know he thinks on that of note, a lot of things. Let's go to sport or a game. So Supriya, this is my thesis. Fire it up. I have maintained for a very long time, much to the annoyance of many friends and panelists and listeners of this podcast, that cricket 2020 may require some physical strength and stamina, but it's like golf. I think it's a game, it's not a sport. Baseball, I think, is a game and not a sport. Because I think the basic minimum requirement on anything to be qualified as sport is skill, hand-eye coordination, um, you know, uh, some focus, strength, stamina dexterity in various measures and cricket is a game where at one point when I was young which completely put me off the best batsman in the world was this guy called Dilip Mendes I don't know if you remember what he looked like and no, Inzam Amol Haq I remember Inzi so Dilip Mendes was like a, a smaller Inzi same around the waist but mm. tinier and then you've had some really unfit people like if you see baseball these you know pinch hitters like Babe Ruth and all you can't call them sportsmen there is no element of athleticism there has to be a certain athleticism to be called a sport. Otherwise, carom is a sport. Why Why do you, Why do would we stop at cricket, not snooker and carom? Wait, so is your argument that it's not a sport because some of the athletes are fat? 
No, it doesn't. <laughs> I, I think so. I think yeah, essentially yeah, yeah. that's, that's what, what you that's think. That's exactly what he means. No, you just I'm saying, politically correct. No, he's no. not shaming. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah, that yeah. It's, it's if it's possible to be the best at a sport, best in the world at at something by being unfit, it can't be a sport. You cannot be the best in the world at something like golf. Like my eight-year-old dad could kick a twenty-two-year-old's ass. You know, who's just learning. It's not a sport. Right. There is no element of athleticism that is a part of it. And right, be- and yet four out of the five best-paid athletes in the world this year are golfers. Yeah. Um, so clearly, it's so it appears that there's not just uh, that you know that there's not just a delusion that golf is a sport, but there's also some kind of audience for it because why else would they be you know so highly paid? Um, so uh, that's I mean, true so, for okay, poker. Anyway, that, your, that's true for poker as well. Should we disqualify cricket as a sport? I mean, the, there's, you know, the ICC is trying to like sort of enter it into the Olympics as a as a sport. And I think mm-hmm. India is one of the countries that's pushing back against that happening. Do you think that that would be a travesty and an insult to the whole idea of sport? I personally think, yes, it would. And I, I his Hasan Minaj had a nice episode on why India is doing that. They don't want to be a part of it because when other countries start playing, and we're only the best at because like a dozen countries play it. If everybody starts playing, <laughs> they'd kick our asses. So well, I mean, if you have to quote a comedian to support your arguments, I don't know how. Oh, I don't know how much you bright. believe in them yourself in Zandra the first place. No, brilliant. have you seen the episode? I mean, he's just because brilliant. a comedian, comedian. said something, I think Bill Maher's a comedian. I was, I was pretty. I mean, I, the episode was fine, but I thought his interview of Lalit Modi was uh, next level surreal. No, but sorry, I'm I'm a, a comedian. If you have to quote a comedian for an argument, it's not legitimate. I, I find comedians are smarter than most journalists I know. Have everyone's, you heard Bill everyone's getting their news from uh, yeah, I mean, the Daily Show. I, I don't America, get that at all. I, from, I think uh, comedians news and to, from Bill Maher to to take a current event, a news point, find a certain you know loop in it or layers and and make it fun requires skill that a journalist doesn't possess. I mean, many journalists do, uh, but the fact that okay, the, to return to the cricket thing, the fact that you quoted a joke that Hasan Minhaj made for laughs. Uh, on the subject of why India may or may not want to be part of the Olympics. No, no, that was um, my own I interpretation. The, I think the real reason is that the BCCI doesn't want to give up control to the IOC, right? Which is a which is a bloody mess if it's if it even exists this year. Hmm. Um, anyway, sorry, there's a there's there's a lot there's a lot to go into. Okay, so clearly we can have different ideas about whether cricket is a sport or a game, uh, or chess is a sport or a game. And remember, chess is also a spectator sport. It may be a a niche, a luxury one, but uh, there are still people who who sit glued to kind of you know Magnus Carlsen versus a, uh, whoever he's playing, and and so on. Well, what does it matter whether cricket is a sport or a game? Just you know what people think, the kind of um, the the way they you approach think, it. You think fewer people should 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 enjoy cricket? No, 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 of... no, no, not at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, he's anti cricket. No, no, you do the most views online. You know what gets that video game thing when you pay like FIFA, Super League, what? Huh? Dream Eleven. Dream Eleven and all. Do you see the YouTube people who are watching it live and the the money associated with that? That's huge. But that doesn't I mean, make it a sport. One, I think one of the things, Abhinandan, is what that it make you are, a sport as wonderful game? as it is, and I, I genuinely enjoy, you know, thinking about what is, what, is, what, is, what, what takes some, what, how something sort of mediates between being a game and being mm. a sport. Cricket, as you and I know it, and as we've known it definitely since 2008, is entertainment, right? First and foremost. Mm, that's true. Um, and it, I think it's going to be very exciting for us to see as people in the media the transformation that's affected in the future as more and more kind of not quite sports become you know exciting edge of the seat broadcast entertainment uh, mm. good point yeah. and 2020 shows doing that so on that note let's give our recommendations for the day 
let me start with our guest Supriya. What recommendation do you have for our listeners? I think will enrich their lives. Uh, I was going to be really provocative and recommend Bharat, which I saw last night in a theater where they didn't play the national anthem. But I think that would lead us into a whole to explain why it would take a whole other episode. So uh, on Netflix, I've been watching a new series called Tales of the City, which is based oh, on Alfred Hopkins. It yeah, is magical. Hopkins cult magical. Uh, classic totally books about Indian gay culture. life in San Francisco. Um, it was, I, I was a little uh, wary of what the adaptation would be like, but it's full of marvelous actors. Um, and uh, there's something really, really moving about seeing, you know, as as much as people like us who kind of consume, you know, kind of the global in the global 1% of entertainment consumers feel like LGBT life is adequately represented on screen. Uh, you see something like this where kind of the whole universe, you know, is what well, the default of the universe is a heterosexual. I mean, to, that kind of narrative is just so beautiful. Um, it's really worth watching. Madhu? Well, um, there's an article today in the Indian Express by Jaya Jetli, which is titled, Khan Market Gangs Blinkers Couldn't Spot the India Which Sees Dinas as Obstruction to Its Dreams. Hmm. And I think it's uh, only to be noted that she's written about Khan Market was affordable for the likes of us teenage girls who in the 1960s would bicycle there for a low-cost low ice cream. It became inaccessible after globalization brought in foreign brands and elite businesses. Oh. It became a VIP area with Levi's taking over Bengal sweets and depriving us of gold guppas and expensive spa products replacing the familiar chemist who knew what your shampoo preferences were and monthly quota of medicine. That's the car she now, wants us to go to the no, no, I just want to point out that the hypocrisy of this that uh, there's not Dastakar is Laila Tayabji's hers is Dilli Hart oh her okay. Dilli Hart which she heads has a shop there so how does she write this I don't understand okay my Madhu, I think that shop has shifted to Mehrchand Market oh which is okay the, so the, she's the, also <laughs> written about Mehrchand right, Market the gentrification of the no no and she's also written about Mehrchand Market that how that has also become the uh, upcoming you know, whatever. The other one that I want to recommend um, is in Indian Express, Woman in White, a uh, beautifully written piece uh, about this author's uh, grandmother. It's a really lyrically beautifully written piece. And the other one is from Washington Post, which is uh, top AI researchers race to detect deep fake videos. We are outgunned, meaning it is becoming more and yeah. more difficult to identify deep uh, fake, fake yeah. videos you where you can actually put somebody's head on and get them and to the say voices, anything yeah. and artificial intelligence mm. and all kinds of computers they're trying to figure out how to detect them there are some things which are undetectable yes that is scary Raman sir Nirza Chaudhary has written today in IE Indian Express uh, advising the Congress that uh, they should not bring back Rahul Gandhi mm. and, I saw that <laughs> He can't do anything. Can't even resign. Mm. <laughs> so it's, it's a good article, and okay. uh, I mean, like I'll also plug our own story on the Economist, hmm. where you know it, it, they are using the maps. Uh, they are not able to use some maps in they India. Have black uh, out, they have yeah. to black them out. I'm quite okay with them blacking them out. Mm. So my two my writer's point of view. Here's the writer's point of view that I think they should black them out. If they're not going to put the map according to what we think is the map, it should be blacked out. I think then they just don't make the economist available in India, no. Huh. The point is then no. Yet I mean, for example, the just the, the map. Why the whole? But why to censor then? I, no, the, what can, I'm saying is I, that if it's if there's a publication that has been published somewhere, and if there is a map of India in it, they will. It's, and the same, it's the same map is appearing in, in other countries. So it, I mean, no, I just but they don't have a law in other countries. They have a law in India where you can't do it. 
yeah it's a, it's legal it's illegal to do it so uh, my recommendation is one is uh, it's a actually report which of a company which many of their reports i spend a lot of time making fun of mckinsey but it's an interesting <laughs> report it says tackling bias in artificial intelligence and in humans i think it's i found interesting because a this whole use of the word objective and bias that is so misused and misunderstood in journalism yeah. this is mckinsey it's the website of the mckinsey website on um, a i mean we've done a podcast on objectivity and how it's an unattainable ideal other than math nothing is objective not even science and this says that even bias even ai machine biases worked into it with with machine learning in fact to an extent where auto driving cars in the us are more likely to kill what what do they call self driving cars are called autonomous whatever vehicles are more likely to kill a black man than a white man because all the tests have happened with people with fair skin this is one and my second recommendation is actually of planet money the indicator it's really interesting the this morning there was a final nba final where the raptors beat the golden state warriors it talks about how the when the rules of the th- basketball were changed in the 70s that the three pointer was invented how it has changed the game and just the way the game is played has been changed because you incentivized a particular shot with more points and the unintended consequences of that and why i think that a brilliant podcast because they're making an economic argument to that that the moment you incentivize something it won't just have the intended consequences it can completely change the nature of that industry or business so i think the same thing i have for news if you just change the incentive it can completely transform the whole business so yeah uh, those are my two recommendations what are yours manisha i will recommend the fire and the rain it's a play by girish karnad it's exquisite it's uh, really lovely i've read it multiple times and i still read it and find something in it and because you were talking about um, liberals actually countering congress and never the right wing there was a very interesting piece in live mint by rajshree chandra on this liberalism as the biggest casualty of triumphalism it's quite nice On that note, thank you, panel. Thank you, Supriya, Madhu, Raman, and Manisha. Join us next week again. Send in your criticism or critique to contact at newslaundry dot com. I repeat, contact at newslaundry dot com. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you for your subscription. For those of you who have subscribed, those of you who haven't, remember when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers serve. Support, pay to keep news free. Subscribe to News Laundry. And until next week, I'll leave you with this song. Bye bye. There was a battle there in Zaire and Zaire. Hundred thousand people there in Zaire and Zaire. All those people gathered there in Zaire and Zaire. See the rumble in the jungle there in Zaire. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.